0: Who's going to listen to us talk about watch bands for an hour? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Let's we'll find out. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Welcome to Pragmatic Pragmatic is a discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology. By exploring the real-world trade-offs, we look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing is as simple as it seems. Pragmatic is part of the Engineered Network. To support our shows, including this one, head over to our Patreon page, and for other great shows, visit engineered.network today. Uh, I'm your host, John Chidji, and today I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Marco Arment. How are you doing, Marco? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for coming back on the show again. It's been a while. My pleasure. I um, I guess I wanted to talk to you about something that um, we've both sort of um, gotten more acquainted with recently because we sort of both drifted away from watches and then when the Apple Watch came out, we sort of came back to them again and I've been wearing mine religiously. But you've also had a little bit of a different experience but, and uh, you sort of, I don't know, you started wearing a, an Apple Watch and then sort of that changed. So... I thought it'd be a great time to ha- to have a chat about some some watch related stuff that I've been itching to talk about for a long time. So, um, absolutely. So, just tell me a little bit about um, specifically like your journey just in the last well about a year and a half. When 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 did you start with watches again?
0: So I really hadn't, you know, I, I wore like a really basic Timex LCD watch that like the same one everybody had. Uh, the Iron Man, whatever it was, um, in like middle school and high school, and then I just kind of stopped wearing it after after a while, and didn't wear a watch really between high school and the Apple Watch at all. And when the Apple Watch came out, I, I wasn't even planning on getting that much into it, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm gonna have to develop for it because I'm an Apple developer, so I, I, I'm I'm of course going to get one at least for testing, and I'll probably just have to wear it to really just know what it's like to to wear and and to really get into it, so I can adequately develop develop for it. And when the the watch came, I I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I really liked wearing a watch. And and it turns out, I know the watch world has known this for quite some time, like hundreds of years. (laughs) uh, But it turns out that having the time available right there on your wrist uh, is really convenient (laughs) and really nice, actually. And and so basically what happened was um, I I learned that I really enjoy a watch. I enjoy both the utility of it and the fashion of it. I, I enjoy how it makes me look and feel um you know not not really look to other people but just how it makes me look to myself and therefore how that makes me feel yeah um and the apple watch was was decent at the way it looked on me and was mediocre to okay at telling the time um and everything else about the apple watch i I didn't really use that much I, i didn't really use apps I didn't really, you know, I used some of the fitness tracking stuff for a little while, but then the the very first time there was a disconnect in my rings, forced by a hardware swap because the watch taptic engine failed. That um, <laughs> kind of fell off the wagon at that point, and I was like, this. Is the... <laughs> I never really got back into it, um, and and so I, I realized basically that I I liked wearing a watch for timekeeping. Uh, but that the Apple Watch was probably not the right one for me to wear every day because it only does timekeeping, okay. And when you have a a like analog watch of any sort, whether it's mechanical or quartz or whatever, um, you know the hands are always showing. You can always tell the time. And I know I know some Android Wear watches do this too, um, where like you there's never any delay with the Apple Watch. You turn you turn it over and look at the time, and I mean, you know, about 10% of the time, it doesn't even show you the time. you got to, like, exaggerate the gesture again. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, the, and the other 90% of the time, it will show you the time after a small delay. But once you're accustomed to an analog watch, that small delay on the Apple Watch to even show the screen turning on um, seems barbaric <laughs> by comparison. Yeah. I know this is all, like, minor nitpicking stuff. Yeah. And, you know, re- realistically, all watches are, like, nice-to-have luxury items. Uh, but uh, when, when your primary use of it is telling the time, I just found that other watches did that better for me.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. I guess, uh, one of the things I was, I'm curious about is, is what roughly was the time, the time gap. So you said you had the, the watch replaced cause it had a, um, it had a dodgy, uh, tactic, um, sensor in it, uh, feedback thing in it. And that was ha- how many months was that? Did you, um, before that happened roughly?
0: Um, it was a few months. I mean, you know, I got the watch when it came out. Uh, I believe it was late April of last year, mm-hmm. um, and then wore it every day. And the Taptic engine broke sometime during the summer, I think. And, and then, uh, like I, you know, I got it replaced after a few days. And then, I, um, I discovered the joy of mechanical watches uh, last winter. Okay. So it was it was you know eight or nine months of solid Apple Watch use before I realized that I liked other watches better.
1: Fair enough. Okay, cool. Well,
0: um, the reason that I wanted to
1: talk about um, this stuff is because um, it, it's not so much the watch, but it's how the watch attaches to your arm. I sort of I covered a lot about the um, the Apple Watch and the Taptic Engine on previous episodes of the show, but one thing I've never really th- talked about, but it's been bugging me a lot, is something that the Apple Watch and mechanical watches have in common, and that is the way that they get attached to your wrist. And it, it may seem a little bit odd, but I guess I I just, I've always had either a steel band, like a stainless steel link bracelet, or I've had a, a leather band uh, with a classic buckle. And the funny thing is that prior to the Apple Watch, I just never paid attention. I never, if, if you had said Milanese loop to me, I'd say, okay, what? I, I, I just, I didn't pay any attention to it. And I found that once I started wearing the Apple Watch and seeing all the different bands that you could get for it, I actually started you know, investigating a bit more and thinking, well, that actually looks quite nice. So well, that's a different band. And I got myself sort of wondering, well, what's the best band that you could actually wear? And I know there's personal preference, but one of the things I, I just I, I had to do was I had to try different ones that they had on available. Now, I mean, not, I guess my experience specifically for the Apple watch, but I was thinking the same kind of ideas apply to any watch at all. So I guess I was, um, I've sort of started collecting, well, some genuine, some non-genuine because <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, the Apple watch bands are a little bit X-y, right? They're not cheap. you yeah. know. Yeah. So which uh, of the watch bands, because I know you had it for a, for a little while and, I think that I I recall you mentioning you may have may have uh, tried the modern buckle at some point or maybe it was Tiff. I'm maybe getting confused. I'm not sure. Um, or am I misremembering? It's quite possible.
0: No, you're right. So so basically, you know, I too once once I got into the Apple Watch, uh, I, even before purchasing, because I had not worn a watch in so long, I was going back and forth and fretting over all the different band choices, wondering if I made the right choice uh, with with what I was getting and thinking about mm-hmm. other ones, um, and. You know, in reality, you know, when if it was only available on one band, it wouldn't matter. We'd be happy. We'd mo- we'd move on. Like the very earliest personal computers that people had. No, one, nobody was like a keyboard nerd back then because you had the keyboard it came with. Yep. There was and there was like one available, and that was it. So it's like there, like you know, I wasn't a controller nerd on my Sega Genesis no. because <laughs> there was one controller, and okay, that's that's what you use. Yep. And so it was only faced only when faced with lots of choices do we have the luxury of being so picky. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah exactly. And in reality, like if we didn't have these choices, we just we just put up with whatever it was, and it'd be fine. Yeah. Um. So I but I too, you know, when faced with all these choices, I I too got all nerdy about it and and uh re- did research, tried to fit tried to like analyze them and estimate like, well, the modern buckle has the advantage of it's always set to the same size. Uh so you can just snap it on and you don't have to worry about getting it in the wrong hole or getting or putting it on the wrong size or whatever. And and the link bracelet does that too, and then but this one is magnetic and this one will, you know, be waterproof and like all the you know, you go back and forth over all the different attributes. Um and there, so what I ended up doing was I, I got mine, the, if, if you remember when the Apple Watch first launched, uh, the, the estimated delivery date varied wildly between what band choice you picked. Yeah, that's right. Um, it would, you know, the, the very earliest ones you could get were the sport band and, and the ones that were less popular, um, yeah. which, which included, um, the one I got was the classic buckle, the, you know, the, the basic black leather strap um, that, you know, looked like a basic leather watch buckle. A base leather watch strap, rather, um, and we should clarify. So, what these terms are 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 actually they actually have meaning. Um, so, band encompasses all of them. Bracelet is the metal kind, and strap is everything that's not the metal kind. Uh, so, that's yeah. <laughs> the, these terms are they, they do have precise meanings. They do, and the uh, funny anyway. thing
1: is, sometimes they use them interchangeably, which can be confusing. And that's that's yes. now that I've learned more about it, I'm like that's actually now becomes irritating when people use what's <laughs> the wrong terminology, right? So anyway.
0: Exactly. Um, but during during my, you know, eight and I month with the Apple Watch, I ended up trying almost every band that was available. Um, so some of them were only available on the 38, like the modern buckle, and I wear the 42. Mm-hmm. So, But my wife had the 38. So she, she you were right, she has the modern buckle on her Apple Watch. Um, and it's it's nice. It's the only thing is that um, I think the design is slightly feminine. Uh, and, although I, I have to give Apple credit that almost all of their bands are fairly unisex they're fairly gender neutral in their in their design that's true um and and that's that is quite quite to their credit because that's not true for much of the walked world out there um but the the modern buckle it has it does have a slight feminine design to it and it's also just like the largest one you can get is not that big for most men's wrists so it ends up like i can I, i tried hers and she has i believe the large size modern buckle but even on its largest setting it, it is just a little bit too tight for me to wear yeah so that is kind of a problem and, on, and then like on the other, on the other side I, I know the leather loop was only available on the large one although i think that might have changed you know, I, I forget whether it changed um with the, with the release of series two hmm. um and then of course there were, there were a whole bunch of new ones released since i really stopped using it um the entire nylon band series was released after after my time quote yep. um and the um what was it the uh Oh, the entire Hermes line—that's all after my time. The Nike mm-hmm. crazy sport with the holes that look like the we- look like a weird alien in your nightmares—that well, has- that <laughs> is after my time.
1: <laughs> well, that, I'm not even sure that's actually been released yet. I, I was checking on the website, and I didn't—I don't think it's actually come out yet. Has it?
0: Oh yeah, it says available October 28th. So yeah, you're right; it isn't actually out yet. Yeah. But anyway, so okay. but I ended up—I I ended up having. Uh over the course of having the watch, I briefly had the Milanese loop. Um it kind of made me itch, so I had to had to exchange it. Um so I had the Milanese loop, classic buckle, sport band, uh link bracelet, the the black steel one. Um mm-hmm. and I th- and then of course Tiff had the modern buckle, and I think that is it. I had a leather loop briefly, but I ended up returning it because I hated it so much. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just... Yeah, the leather loop is it it I want it to be so much better than it is.
1: Yeah, it just feels um, funky it does not feel at all like leather and it's yeah it yeah. feels like a plastic link bracelet yep yes it's exactly what it feels like yeah so right so i guess there's a few things that I about all of these the pros and cons and the different different materials and everything and i think i just want to kind of touch on some of that so um when it comes to fitting a watch band i guess uh the sort of dimensions i think you, you need to explore is uh, first and foremost how it feels to wear it against your skin. Obviously, if you're getting a yeah. rash, that's probably a bad thing. That's definitely a bad thing. Um, how easy it is to fit it. And some of them, uh, well, I think most of them require two hands. But um, with me, for example, on the Milanese loop, I actually managed to fit it with one, with like, I didn't, you don't need to actually like rest it on another object and then sort of like do a fold and a clasp and, mm-hmm. and all that. You know, yeah. if you can do it like one handed with the other one sort of like, it's easy to fit. Um and obviously, there's also um, my concern with, uh, with, with, with any kind of watch is you, you don't want to, when you're trying to fit it, take it on or off, you don't want it to just fly off and smash on the floor. So, you know, it's, yeah. some of them, I always found that uh, things like the, uh, the sports band took me a long time to get used to that. And I found myself like putting it on over carpet so that if it did fall, it wouldn't break. That's being very careful. Anyway, so there is also like how easy it is to adjust it. So, like if you only got x number of holes in it, or if it's always fixed to the same length, or if it's well, quote unquote, infinitely adjustable, like the Milanese loop is infinitely adjustable, but mm-hmm. you know that that can also become a bad thing if you are constantly adjusting it. Um, if sometimes they'll slip or move when you are when you are wearing them, so like they'll get looser during the day. Uh, Other times, um, because some people prefer a tight fit or a loose fit and, you know, all of those things all affect which one you think would do. And actually, you mentioned another one before, if it's waterproof as well, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so the different materials, um, you know, and and I guess I traditionally have worn either leather or steel and pretty much nothing else. I mean, I've never really gone for the blingy gold gold bands, but I know that, you know, a a lot of... um, a lot of women's bands are gold i think that's my observation anyway i'm not sure have you noticed uh have you ever gone for a for gold on a band at all it just because apple doesn't have a genuine gold uh the, oh okay the first well not anymore <laughs> no not anymore it's gone ceramic right um yeah so i'm just thinking about um non apple watch bands though i mean gold bands don't they just don't seem to be very common um guys typically don't wear gold bands as far as i've observed anyway i don't
0: know i i I think i mean i I, i'm not that much of an expert on on fashion um i just i i I know a lot about watching the watch world for a year but that's that's about it but it seems like um it seems like gold in watches especially regular yellow gold as opposed to like the more modern pink gold look Mm. regular yellow gold is not very popular anymore um and it's more of a generational thing older people tend to like it more than younger people do right now Um, and so you might see gold watches on people who were above say you know fifty or sixty, like you know it's not in, you know yeah, whether that fits your definition of old is up to you but, <laughs> um, no, yeah no but, judgment. uh you know it's it's pretty unusual to find i think a gold watch to find it on somebody below like you know forty or thirty. Um, and, yeah. and that's, uh, part of that is just cost. They cost a fortune. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a big one that like, you know, as people get older, they can usually afford more expensive things. Uh, so that's, that's obviously a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but also I, I, think if you're going to go with a gold shade these days, a more rose gold one is more in fashion for both sexes. And yeah. for, I think a lot of, a lot more men are actually preferring, um, you know, white metals, silver gold or silver steel, you know, white gold.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting when I was sort of, I looked at it and I was wondering, because um, uh, I've always, believe it or not, I never really looked into the detail of the difference between a yellow gold and a rose gold, what the difference was. And it's um, and on the Apple Watch, for example, they had, it was 18 carat gold. And one of the things that always annoyed me about gold is this whole carrot thing where 24 mm-hmm. carats is pure gold. That's 100%. And everything's like a fraction of that so yeah, it's a terrible scale I was like what the heck who
0: came up with that <laughs>
1: so 22 carat that's got to bother engineers
0: so much like <laughs> it's frustrating because I think
1: it doesn't make any sense Like twenty, so 22 carat gold is 22 parts gold but 2 parts something else which we won't tell you what else but something else some other metal so it's like 91.67% gold it's like what kind of a fraction is that but anyway so 18 carat it doesn't make sense so 18 carat is actually 75% gold so that's 3 quarters of it's gold and but between um so the Apple Watch edition, that was a, the when it was available, uh, okay, I've gotta clarify that. the original Apple Watch edition, the yellow gold, um, I'm not sure if it was palladium or platinum, I think platinum, but I'm not totally sure, but um they are, for rose gold, you just you add copper, so that's what gives it that that funky rosish, pinkish color, you know. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't know a whole lot about the alloys, but that's I, I think you're pretty much you pretty much got it there. Yeah, uh, and different the different alloys also have different hardnesses. Yes, uh, gold typically gold has the problem where it's a fairly soft metal, and so it will you, it will tend to scratch and dent more easily than other metals. Yes, uh, and you with different alloys of it, you can have different ones. And also, I should point out too, with my with my generalization a minute ago about the market uh, and fashionability of gold to uh, various people, this varies a lot by country and and by demographic. Um, so like. Yeah. In certain countries, it is more typical to flaunt wealth visibly, and and so like like I know this is, I know in China this is more of a thing where like if you have wealth you're supposed it's more normal to really show it in, in like extravagant visible ways. Whereas in America, it's a little bit more like most people want to subdue it a little bit and and want to like kind of downplay it a little bit more. Uh, not everybody, of course. Yeah. And so like yellow gold sells better in China than it does here, for instance, uh, because yellow gold is so you know, so noticeable as gold.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I guess one of the other things about gold that that's really interesting is that it it uh, cleans up and you can buff it and, and and sort of like bring it back to practically near new condition. It looks really really good. Um, yeah, which is not always true of some of the other materials. But um, in any case, um, just thought it was interesting to mention. But uh, but yeah, no, gold's no longer available on the Apple Watch anyway. And it's like like you say, it's where we live at least it's perhaps not as common certainly amongst people our age and um yeah so but ask me again in 20 years i probably still won't be wearing a gold watch at that point but you never know hmm. so um stainless steel is the most common uh steel and there's a couple of different grades of it that they that they use and i think the most common one that's used in uh jewel well watches maybe not all jewelry is 316 l which is mm-hmm. nickel nickel chromium and um, one of the things that was I always found interesting is that they had the L on the end, and it's uh, the 316 Ls have got slightly less carbon than the standard 316. It's like 0.03 versus 008 percent. And um, anyway, but the interesting thing is that there's another kind of stainless steel that, that Rolex started using in the 80s. and it was uh, I've seen it mentioned a few times by different manufacturers. It's 904L, which is apparently, ridiculously hard, like really hard. In fact, it's so hard that you can't actually use um, the normal tooling they'd use to do a 316L. You can't use it. They had to like apparently change all the tooling in the factory and everything just to to um, to use it. And I thought the numbering was a bit weird. And if I dug into this because I've always wondered what the SAE stood for. And SAE actually stands for the Society of Automotive Engineers, which...
0: I guess they use a lot of steel. They would probably have some standards around this. Yeah,
1: I guess so. I just, I never come across, I I wonder what that stands for. So I actually looked it up. It it stands for that Society of Automotive Engineers in in America. And the funny thing is anything that starts with a nine. So all the other ones is like 3XX. So like 304, 316 and so on. 3XX is like nickel chromium. But if you go to 9XX, it simply says various high strength grade, low alloy steels. So in other words, it's the miscellaneous category. So that's great. Anyway, so there you go. Just throwing that out there. So yes, and stainless steel is awesome because obviously it doesn't corrode. Well, I mean, it does. It just takes a heck of a lot longer. Um, It it does scratch and so on, but it's pretty hard, harder than gold. And you know you can buff it up pretty good, but you can still damage it to a point, unlike gold where you can bring it back to mint condition. You can't really do that with stainless quite so much. But I I still think it looks good, but I'm not really sure... From a, like, again, okay, I'm not, I'm not a fashion guy, but are you supposed to wear leather or stainless or steel um, as a dress watch? Because I'm not sure.
0: So this is this is a tricky category in watch fashion. Uh, basically, I mean, the, 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 the tradition is that steel braceleted watches uh, tend to be called, quote, sport watches. Uh, and and this is so this usually and this is there's exceptions to everything of course but this usually it goes along with a watch that has more utility than good looks and so this would be things like chronographs uh pretty much anything that's like large or thick or waterproof any kind of diver divers are very very popular um and and so this is like you know sporty watches tend to have like more stuff on the dial, thicker casings, thicker bezels and metal bracelets and they t- they tend to be, you know, waterproof to, to more depth and and things like that. And then dress watches are usually much simpler. They're often time only or only time and date. Uh like no no chronograph functions or anything else. Uh dress watches are almost always on leather straps or alligator straps on the high end. Uh and they they tend to be like cleaner designs. They tend to be smaller watches, uh, more like in like the, the 37 to 39 millimeter range instead of sport watches, usually like 40 to 43. Um, however, all this being said, dress watches are are not entirely like dress watches have, I think, waned in popularity in recent years. Basically now, so many people love sport watches that People wear sport watches for all occasions, formal or not. So, you know, somebody might wear like, like an Omega Speedmaster is a very popular sport watch. Many Rolexes, like the the Rolex Daytona is their popular chronograph. Uh, many Rolexes are, are sport watches. Uh, but people wear these with suits and stuff anyway. So basically there used to be norms here and some people still believe in them. But what it basically comes down to today is nobody cares, wear whatever you like.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, it would look a little weird if you were wearing like, you know, a really fancy dress watch with a fancy alligator strap with a T-shirt and shorts. Yeah, some people do that because dress watch. I love dress watches. That they're my favorite kind. So I will often wear a dress watch with T-shirt and jeans and just say, all right, if you if you don't like it, that's your problem. You know. (laughs) And a lot of people feel a lot of people feel the way like you know a lot of people their their only or their favorite watch is a diver. And they'll, they'll wear that diver for every occasion, suit or t-shirt and shorts, and it's fine. Ultimately, watch fashion doesn't matter much to other people anymore, if it ever did. Ultimately, you have to choose, as a watch person, you basically have to be, be okay with the fact that like you're really doing this for yourself. In almost every business or social circle or place that you will be, no one else is going to notice or care what watch you're wearing. So just wear whatever you, you want to wear. Wear whatever you like and what makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Absolutely. But
0: that's a very long way of answering your question of basically, typically, no, a metal, a metal bracelet is not formal, but it doesn't matter.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, it's it, it's a good point, actually. And um, I have kind of worn both and have just been oblivious to, like, I, I realized that there was a difference and I realized that... Um, yeah you know, one was more formal than the other but i I was confused because I saw so many people wearing steel link bracelets with you know like you say a definition of a sport watch um with chronographs and such and you know i i just i was confused because it was in different social settings, so you know clearly yeah i I think what you're saying is an accurate reflection of of what I've observed, and I've just never really um been tuned into it until more recently so it makes sense, and I guess from my point of view, though, um, I I like the idea of of having a watch, and you can you can change its personality without physically changing the watch. And that's one of the things I like about being able to change the band, because if you change the band, it changes some of the aspects when when you look at the watch and when when how it goes with certain you know with certain outfits in certain situations. So, and oh, my yeah. God, I'm starting to sound like a fashion person, anyway.
0: Hey look I fell down this hole a lot you know a year ago or whatever and it's it, it's a good place to be it, it turns out watch fashion is it, it's it's great for for people like me and I don't know if you I don't know if you fit this category people mm. like me who have just never ever been fashionable in their entire lives and are mostly nerdy uh and, like watch fashion is something that is that is a, a small area that is easily understood by geeky engineers and is easily like managed and and traveled yeah. by people who don't otherwise have a lot of fashion in them and, yeah. and that's that's certainly how it's been for me like i i think i'm pretty fashionable with my watches now and i'm fashionable with nothing else in my entire life uh, but it doesn't matter this is what makes me feel good
1: cool yeah I, i'm 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 reaching a similar sort of point and i guess my uh the thing is that i love my apple watch too much but that doesn't mean i'm not going to go and try different bands and see how um you know see how it looks and feels and is in terms of functionality as well. So the the funny thing is that um, now that third parties are able to uh, produce bands, and I guess that's, you know, probably been the case for at least a year or more now um, or even a year and a half. Some of the other materials that are out there for bands, you know, that ordinarily aren't available through the Apple store, you can, you can get, and I've had a look at some of the different options out there. And it's kind of actually mind bending the different materials that you can get beyond, well, Beyond steel and fluoroelastomer, um, if you like, yeah. You know, anyway, rubber. everyone else just says rubber. Rubber. It's, <laughs> it's just fine. rubber. Gosh, yeah. I don't know. The fancy name doesn't make it any fancier. So anyhow, um, I've even I've seen you mentioned alligator before, alligator or crocodile. Yeah. I think that's kind of considered to be um, pretty pretty posh. I have no idea yeah, how that.
0: Only on dress watches.
1: Definitely. Only on dress watches. Okay. Um, and, s- and
0: honestly and i personally i have one watch that that has an alligator strap on it okay and i I personally don't care for alligator i mean there's there's first of all i think there might be some like problems with how the animals are hunted or treated for this i think there's some problems there right. but also you know compared to leather it is it is more stiff you know it is it is a little higher maintenance it's not it isn't as comfortable um but you know it it does look formal uh okay. but in my opinion. Like, you know, if I ever find a really good leather strap for that watch, I'll probably change it to leather.
1: Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. I mean, I was looking through some of the lists of, like, natural... When I say natural, I mean, you know, like, animal hides, and mm-hmm. I couldn't believe some of them on here, like, lizard. I found lizard, believe it or not. Oh,
0: there's all sorts of crazy ones, like, when you get into, the like, the, the crazy, you know, high-end skins. Yeah. Uh, one, one that's interesting is um, shell cordovan, she- which is actually okay. horse leather, but... Mm-hmm. The, if you get it from from the from like the good places like uh, Horween, which is the company, I, I, that Shell Cordovan might be their trademark. I don't know if this is a generic term. Or I think it's their trademark. Um, but yeah, Horween Shell Cordovan is raised ethically, and so like it's like they they like horses that have died from other causes. It's their leather that's being used, okay. and it's kind of pricey. A, a strap made of Shell Cordovan tends to start at about seventy dollars U.S. and uh, often go into like the the Low, hun- low 100 range but uh it is the softest nicest most comfortable leather i've ever felt and one wow. of the one of the brands i like a lot is nomos glass huta and nomos the, their watches are very very nice in lots of ways and one of the ways they're they're very nice is that i think all or all of their leather is shell cordovan uh it is and it is of course you know ethically raised and you know from the right company and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do offer a few like like uh suede like kind of micro suede style bands, but almost all their bands are leather and all their leather is this type of leather and it's so incredibly soft and comfortable.
1: Cool. Okay, that's good to know. I'll put a put a link in the show notes to that too. Um and that's
0: one thing that Apple does not offer because I I mean they probably can't offer it because of the volumes Apple's selling it. I mean this is yeah. you know, this is coming from you know this one source that is probably not having lots of naturally Dyed horses going into it, so uh, I, I would imagine it's they can't. You know, Apple. Apple can only make things that, that they can that they can make in great volumes because the because the sales volume they do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting though that when when you say it's like seventy hundred dollars. A lot of the app, a lot of the watch bands that Apple sells are more than that. Um, so
0: I don't. Oh sure, I mean, yeah, Apple's <laughs> bands are, and and I, I have to give Apple credit. Apple's bands are very good, like it, it, compared mm. to other bands in the watch world. Apple's bands are really top class. Like they, There's a few, I think there's a few duds in there. Like I mentioned, I'm not crazy about the leather loop. Um, but for the most part, their bands are excellent. And, and they really, I think, should be commended that like they came in and literally their very first offering of a watch came with a very large number of, of choices here. And almost all of which are not only good, but great.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's very true. They they did their homework and they did a really great. They 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 opened very strong, I think, and uh, and, and and that is really good. I uh, just wanted to just so I got a list here of just quickly other other different materials I found some of the some of them I thought were bizarre like um, before we move on is like um, ostrich, um, shark, snake, buffalo, which I thought uh, okay. Uh, and then I got to some other stuff that wasn't animal-related. So like carbon fiber, which I'm not even sure how that would even be particularly comfortable. But a carbon fiber. <laughs> well, I, I guess you,
0: you make them out of metal. I mean, you can just like, I guess if, if you you might be able to make a carbon fiber link bracelet of some sort. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's just it was weird when I saw that. I thought, okay. So anyway, um, ceramic. Uh yes. ceramic bracelets. That's true. Yes. Um, not
0: by Apple, but other people make them.
1: Yep. Exactly. And different metals, like the more exotic metals, things like uh, titanium, platinum. Uh, I even mm. fe- saw one with rhodium in it, which I thought was a bit, ex- that's really exotic. But uh, in any case, um, yes. So those are different different bands. So we talked about bands, straps, bracelets, and the different kinds of, of what they are. One of the other little, little things I, would, I just want to add to that is um, some bands are loops and loops can be either captive or it's like non-captive. So like a captive loop, like the Milanese loop, like you can't actually separate the Milanese loop. The magnet sort of doesn't fully come out of the end of it. Whereas on the leather yeah, like you loop... you can't
0: lay it flat on a table. Yeah,
1: exactly. Whereas, um, so it doesn't actually separate. Whereas the leather loop, they made that design decision to put the, uh, so it's like you've got the short end um, with the, the hole at, at one end of it that the other end sort of like slot, slips through. And it doesn't, it, it actually can come apart, which I find... I sort of found that a little bit annoying because then you got to thread it through in order to get it on sometimes because it didn't go on my wrist. But anyway. So, uh, let's see. The band pins, um, just quickly, is Apple don't actually have band pins because they the, the, the pins that hold the band in on, on every other watch in the world, well, that's a sweeping generalization. The vast majority of watches, maybe. I started um, looking into the different kinds of spring bars like they've got and so you've got like here's the list that I found classic double flanged spring bars, double shoulder spring bars, round tip spring bars, single shoulder spring bars, female spring bars, telescoping spring bars, curved spring bars, short end spring bars, peg spring bars, screw bars, and there's probably more than that because I stopped at that point and I'm like, okay, yikes. My memory of, of, of changing bands on a on a traditional watch is trying to get my fingernail in to that notch and try and like pull, pull the edge of that spring loaded bit in and then gently pry it out and then try and catch it before the spring just shoots across the room or something.
0: And good luck getting it back in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> now, this is one of those many tasks in life where having the right tool for the job makes a world of difference. There's, there's <laughs> a that tool, is for not that? The right tool for that. My, hey, oh, my yeah, fingernail bar tool. perfectly worked fine until I lost the spring bar. Anyway. There's a whole category of spring bar tools. You can get them. They range from price from about a dollar to about $70. Not to mention spring bar pliers that can that can compress both sides of the spring bar at once, oh. uh, which cost a lot more than that. Uh, there, Yeah, there's a whole range of tools. Because if you're changing watch bands more often than never, you're going to want one of these. <laughs> but this is just it: is it. <laughs> no one changes them, right? Because it's too
1: much of a pain in the neck. And... I yeah, mean, well,
0: there there are some there there's some quick release ones that have like little bars you just kind of push over you like, you like slide a little bar on mm-hmm. um, usually it's on the underside of of the strap where it attaches and that basically compresses the spring bar from the outside okay. uh, and then so it's still it's still a spring bar but it has like a, a basically a quick change bar. That being said though, I I don't I mean I don't know a lot of other watch nerds in real life but I don't know anybody who actually uses those quick change bars on a regular basis to change their watch straps. Uh, I think what Apple has with theirs, with this truly like quick-change system, which is even easier than that, uh, with these, just these buttons that you push and you just slide the whole thing out, uh, what Apple has with their watch uh, attachment mechanism there is so much better than what the rest of the industry does. Uh, it's, it's really quite nice. And, and when, I'm, when I'm not using an Apple watch, uh, I, I, I wish that many other watches had straps that were that easily changed.
1: I, I might I kind of have a part of me that that's that's hoping that the rest of the watch industry sort of sees that and sees the success that's Apple ha, apple's had in on selling um the watch bands and and having a a, a smarter quick changing mechanism like Apple have got. and I'm hoping that they run with it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hoping that they that they do something like that because the thing that occurred to me is that once you once you lower that, Make that more accessible. Once you make those sorts of tasks easier, then previously no one would have ever, ever have said, oh, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to change my watch band. I'll just get the spring bar tool out. No one, well, maybe there's someone out there that thinks that, but I haven't met him. I, I doubt it. And you just never change your watch band. But now the, with the Apple Watch's um, mechanism, it makes it so easy that you th- start thinking, well, hmm, maybe I could actually have three watch bands, which no one would ever have thought of previously. You just get a second or a third watch. So, I guess yeah I think yeah. that's I think that's great, and what it means is that you can actually choose to do that and and the the weird thing is that the apple well I had a look into what they actually called it, and they simply called it the apple watch band interface, and <laughs> it's like seriously, guys, that's all you could come up that's with yeah eh, anyway, so they released a whole um, made for Apple Watch thing, and third parties could comply with the the watch lug dimensions and interface dimensions and everything and it's um. It's great, but I can't see that anyone else is, is really going to like that. No one else other than Apple is going to have this as a standard, but at least it means that we can go to like well, the Amazon's got a whole bunch of them. Um, some of them through, um, Ali or Alibaba or whatever else, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, knockoffs from different parts of the world and they're all compliant now, which is great. So I've, I've got a handful of them and it's, it just gives you those options. So anyway, all right. Um, we talked a little bit about buckles, uh, so let's see, because, um, I mean, b- buckles and clasps, I guess they're sort of used interchangeably, but they're not really the same thing, are they? Uh,
0: yeah, I, this, I, I actually don't know the precise definition of these terms. Like, I bet one is a subset of the other. Yeah. I, I would imagine clasp, clasp is probably the, the superset, but yeah. I, I don't know that for sure.
1: Well, what, what I was able to sort of, you know, digging up and reading up a lot on this and, and trying to get my head around it because it was bugging me is, um, and this is going to sound a bit strange, but it's like buckles seem to be predominantly for fastening two pieces together, whereas clasps are more about securing uh, a loop into a fixed position. And it's kind of, that's about the best I could come up with, but I don't know if that's always going to be applicable because the problem is that everyone use, seems to use them interchangeably and that makes it hard to get a def- definition, a good definition. But one of the things I did find that was interesting is the idea of a depl- deployment or deployant. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I could have swore people were having an argument on this web on this watch website over whether it was a deployant or a deployment class.
0: <laughs> So this is this is uh I can't tell you what the answer is. I always thought that the answer was it was called a deployment, but that people would mishear that as deployment, and then eventually that just caught on. Yeah. Uh but that could be wrong. Uh but basically the way these work is so you know, normally you have like you know the typical watch buckle that everyone has seen where you put the hole through the thing and you str- you slide it through. Um the deployment basically you set it at a fixed length, uh and then the The deployant clasp itself is just like this, basically like swinging buckle thing. So it it like it can like swing open, so you can get your hand in and out, and then you like you like latch it back down to swing it back closed again to tighten the the watch back against your wrist. It's kind of hard to explain in words, and much easier if you just see it. Uh, but this is typically this these have been around for a while. This is typically considered a higher end option for for leather bands, um, and it is there's there's pluses and minuses to it. One of the reasons people use it is that it when you when you thread a regular leather strap through a buckle, it has to bend at a certain point kind of kind of harshly. And so typically, when you know after a few days or weeks of wearing it, you will kind of develop a permanent crease at that point in the leather. And so you can kind of always tell like if somebody lays their leather strap watch flat on a table, you can tell exactly what hole they use to buckle it because there's a big bend right there right right next to the leather uh, at that point. Um, and a, de- a deployant keeps th- keeps both sides of the strap a lot flatter in its operation, and so it's not it's still not perfect, but it's a lot closer to perfect. So that it it's it tends to reduce wear on the leather itself. And then the other option, of course, is, or the other advantage, of course, is that you can typically do it one handed, uh, because the it, it is you know it, it's similar to to a a bracelet in that it's never fully flattened out and opened. I mean, it can yep. be, but nobody, you know, typically in, in typical use, you leave it in in the circle, just an open circle or a closed circle, like a, a big one or a small one. So mm-hmm. a deployant, um, you can you can throw it on with one hand and then just tighten it down, snap it into place, and you're done. Uh, the the downsides of deployants are, first of all, in many watches they cost more. Like yep. you know, they some some watches include them, but usually they're a premium option that costs a little bit more, um, and they they tend to be fairly thick on the bottom because like you have you have that whole metal assembly that that goes down there. It's a, you know this like two layer metal thing plus the two straps that are attached on the bottom. So on the bottom of your wrist, if you if you care about how thick the watch band gets at the bottom, if you like rest it on on a keyboard or something during the day, which you shouldn't do, but you know well, people do. <laughs> if you, oh yeah. If you rest it on things like sometimes the thickness of, of of your watch band bunching up on the bottom there might bother some people. Um, so deployants tend to be thicker down there uh, depending on the strap. and they also um, if you if you occasionally use a different size on the band, like if some days when you're hot in the summertime you like switch to like the wider hole and then maybe later on the day when you're when you cool down, you like switch back to the narrower hole. But on a deployant, it's pretty, cumbersome, it, it pretty tedious to change size. Yeah. It's it's the kind of thing, it's more like a bracelet, more like a metal bracelet where you you should really set it kind of at one size and generally never adjust it after that um, because it's just too much of a pain. So, it, you know, all those things aside, I I thought I would like deployants until I had one and then I realized, you know what, it's not really worth it for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never actually had a deployant clasp um, on my uh, on leather band. I've had them on stainless steel bands, uh, but that's of course, yeah, yeah, because that's pretty much the standard, I think, more or less. But the thing that's interesting is that uh, I've actually had different styles in terms of uh, some with uh, safety clasps and others without. And so, yeah, you know, like the safety clasp so if it, assume it's a try, and you're right, this is hard to put into words to describe verbally, but um, yeah, if you've got it's a trifold, so you've got uh, essentially two pieces of, of metal with a hinge. Uh, that fit the curvature of the wrist, and then there's a clasp that sort of like fits over the top. And it, it as you unfurl it, it looks like a little bit like the letter Z. And uh, anyway, so that little uh, latch section that you put your finger under and flip it open, uh, some of them have a safety clasp on them. So I actually had an old watch a long time ago with didn't have a safety clasp, and the safety clasp sort of clips in the opposite direction. So you, if you brush it against uh, you know, your pocket or of your jeans or something. Uh, if you you pop the safety clasp open, then you'll notice and you'll close it again. Whereas, um, if you don't have a safety clasp on it, then you could you know catch that on something and it'll it'll open the deployment deployment oh, I said it clasp, and then it'll open on you. So, uh, I've actually had a bit of both a bit of both of those. But the thing that was interesting is I was looking at what Apple had. And technically, they do have the deployant clasp, but it's a different kind. It's not a tri-fold or a fold-over. It's um, it's something they call a butterfly clasp, which I hadn't hadn't come across before. And the butterfly clasp sort of is
0: apparently is so called because when it opens up, it looks a little bit like butterfly wings, I guess. And yeah, it's basically a double deployant. Yeah, and and these do exist in in the in the rest of the watch world too. It, It tends to be a higher end option. It's actually more common for women's watches. Okay. Um, but I actually, I actually have a bracelet that has that on it, um, and it's it's quite nice because it's it's a little easier to put on, uh, and you get a little bit more slack when it's when it's open than with a single-ended deployment.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's also symmetrical. And mm-hmm. I guess the other great thing about it, that I think, is brilliant, is that um, it's it's when it when it's folded, it's quite compact and it's really smooth. And yes, it looks so much neater and. I not know what the word is. It just looks much nicer, I think.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is actually one of the reasons why I like bracelets um, when they're done well, which is not all the time. One of the reasons I like bracelets so much, um, and, and including apples, which is done very well, is that I, I'm one of the people who cares about how thick the bottom of my watch is when I'm using a computer. You know, when I'm resting my hand on my keyboard, like I'm not supposed to. And <laughs> yes. So I, I care a lot about that and if you if you look on Apple's site they I think they still do this let me double check but they they provide like straight on side views of all the all the watches yeah they still do it um, and so you can you can compare right there you can see like how thick the bottom of the bands are when they're when they're attached and if you look the um, the 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 link bracelets are the thinnest, if not one of the thinnest, depends on like like the Milanese can be that thin if you if you strap it a certain within a certain range, so that it avoids more overlap. But uh, but the link bracelets are are one of the absolute thinnest options you have there for how thin the the strap is on the bottom on the on the underside of your wrist, and uh, and it's it's also as you mentioned it's it's flat the whole way. It's a, it's a consistent thickness across that whole section, so you don't have the issue that you do with leather straps where like as you roll your hand. Along like a wrist rest, you hit like a bump at one yep. point because like that's where the, that's where the class buckle you know bunches up yeah uh, you don't have that issue with link bracelets uh, my one main complaint about the Apple link bracelet um, and and it's a pretty big one unfortunately uh, is that you are limited in sizing it to only the the width of one of the links so yeah. it, it it lacks what is known as micro adjustment uh, which is if you look at many uh, many popular brands of of watch buckles, uh, especially you know nice ones like Rolex or Omega, uh, you can you can usually tell on their on their clasp. There's usually on one side of it, there's usually a little tiny row you could see of like four or five little dots where where like a a bar could go through, and that's a, those are micro adjustment bar uh, dots. And so you can actually you you can open up the clasp in a certain way with those, and you can size the watch to be smaller than than the you know you you can adjust the sizing in a in a smaller increment than the width of one link and other 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 bracelets solve this by by offering links that are actually different widths like like i have i have um i have one that came with a a one and a half link wide link <laughs> so you can okay. like stick that into the link uh you know line the link list uh, you can <laughs> stick it in there and uh and then you can have like a half size, basically. And so the problem with the Apple with the Apple Link bracelet is that you can't do any of these things. So if your ideal size falls between two link in- intervals, you're kind of out of luck. You just have to wear it either too tight or too loose, and just deal with it. Yeah. Um, and and this and and you know and how how loose you want your watch depends a lot on just your personal preference and what kind of conditions you use it in and things like that. But but that is one thing that that like. If you want that infinite sizing ability, you got to go with something like the Milanese Loop um, or Leather Loop if you really are are crazy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Leather Loop owners. It's just uh, so bad. Yeah, they're not good. <laughs> if you eh? like it, more power to you.
1: Yeah, that's it. I'm glad someone's enjoying them because I'm not. <laughs> it, it's good. But I anyway, wanted it to be so much better. It should have been. It should have been. It just, it had so much promise. We're, we're just, yeah, just disappointed, aren't we? But anyway, it's okay. It's fine someone else uh, someone else likes them but uh yeah the i tell you the other thing i like about the um the butterfly clasp is that the buttons to release it are sort of hidden in the sides of them and you can't catch them on anything that's really yes. cuz i i would do that occasionally with my uh my traditional um trifold uh even with the safety catch on it so i think that's brilliant and um but yeah that lack of adjustability that's painful so all right. Um, just to mention, for the for the sake of completeness, there's also jewelry clasps, and they're sort of a little bit hard to describe. Again, where the, the it's basically uh, a clasp. It's not a deployant. It's uh, the 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 edge at the ends of the two come together, and then there's a little like catch that's n- like maybe a quarter of the width, or maybe a third of the width of the watch. Sometimes, and usually in the center to be symmetrical, that flips from one side to the other to hold it on. Um, 101 different ways of doing it but in any case i think that's that's probably enough about class and deployments anyway but uh, dear me and we've kind of already talked about link bracelets versus woven stainless steel mesh otherwise known as a melanese bracelet mm-hmm. and uh, uh i guess i don't know I, the, i've got to talk about arm hair pinching at some point so <laughs> yes let's just deal with it and uh, i have to say <laughs> link bracelets. my first podcast about arm hair yeah, I know it had to happen at some point. <laughs> it's happening now, and honestly, link bracelets will do it to you even when you're wearing it. If it's just a little bit loose, it just it seems to just take out arm hairs. And oh well. <sighs> but yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this this also this depends a lot on, of course, your arm hair. Yeah, and it also depends a lot on 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 the strap and how you've attached it. Like one of the things I found is that the Milanese can actually do it if you if you accidentally trap arm hairs between the two layers when you put it on like when you when you when the magnet clips it together it's true you can trap arm hairs just between those two and then if the watch moves during the day you'll feel that um but generally speaking it's pretty much only metal bands that that can do this uh the the other ones tend not to just by their their materials Um, but that's you know that's something like some people they just they love metal bands because metal bands have a lot of advantages one of the biggest ones is is the way they deal with moisture Yes. Um, because whether, whether you're like dunking your hand underwater, sometimes like, like I always found this to be an issue when I'm giving, giving my kid a bath. Um, you know, it's like if I'm wearing a metal band of watch, I can keep it on and just, yep. you know, put my hand water if I need to and it's fine. Um, and, and also just like as you sweat during the day. And that's one of the reasons why, um, watches that are meant for like, like fitness kind of activity stuff. Those don't usually have leather or nylon bands because leather and nylon absorb moisture. Yeah. And I don't know how the nylon deals with it long term. I suspect not well. Leather starts to smell bad after a while. Uh, yes. If you know, typically you have to change a leather band if you're if you're a moderately active person, they typically start to smell bad after about a year or two and you get you generally have to replace them at that point or just have a stinky watch. <laughs> <laughs> but that's up <laughs> to you. <laughs> Different uh, kind and, of statement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very personal fashion. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes, very. But um but yeah, like if you like metal bands are really the only kind of band that is all all condition, all weather, you know. And and also like like sport bands, the rubber sport bands have have the same moisture resistance, which is great. But rubber sport bands also kind of feel slightly sweaty all the time because they yeah. don't breathe at all. There's no airflow in them, so like your skin under them really can't breathe at all. And so I that's that's really I I would say the only downside of rubber sport bands in, in in functional terms, you know, looks you can decide what you think of them. But in functional terms, they're they're pretty much awesome in every other way except that they really don't breathe. And and metal doesn't, you know, flat metal against your skin doesn't really breathe that much either. But link bracelets and the Milanese have gaps between the metal, that, and and the and the metal moves around a little bit during the day. Yeah. Uh, whereas the rubber band tends to stick; it has a much higher uh, friction. Is it coefficient of friction? Is that what sticks it there? <laughs>
1: Technically, you're yes. an engineer. Yep. There you is. go. So,
0: <laughs> so yeah. You know, so like the you know the rubber kind of stays in one spot and kind of makes your hand feel a little bit sweaty. And yeah. the metal can can move around a little bit more. And there's gaps between the metal, so you don't feel that. Um, nylon. In, in this way is interesting nylon bands are extremely popular among among like internet watch nerds who who read reddit and post on forums uh, <laughs> so like at, typically in the form of, of what's called a nato band which is yeah. which is really a style uh and and it's like it's you you've probably seen them where they have like Basically, it looks like a nylon strap with a whole bunch of metal rings on it. For some reason, <laughs> that's that's an yeah. NATO band. <laughs> that's, that's weird. And and I'm I'm actually not crazy about the, the number of rings on most of them, but uh, that's just my style. But but uh, nylon is incredibly practical because it is typically very comfortable. It it, it is really soft. It breathes incredibly well. You know, because it's just woven cloth, really. Uh, but it's 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 fairly tough because it's usually some kind of nicer nylon or ballistic nylon or something like that. Yeah. So it tends to be pretty good for all conditions with the one exception that it does hold moisture and so if you get sweaty or wet it doesn't dry very quickly and that that can get kind of uncomfortable so nylon bands are really great in almost every way and apple offers their own now and everybody thought they looked really weird because the pictures on the website look really weird but if you see them in person they don't look that weird and they're very comfortable very soft and so if holding moisture is not going to be a problem for you then the nylon band for the apple watch is probably the best all-around band
1: yeah and I guess, um, just yeah, absolutely. My my daughter actually, um, for her um 13th uh, uh birthday, cashed in some of her savings and um, we we sort of met her in the middle with uh, with a, a watch band uh, because she she wanted an Apple watch and um, so we're like, okay, fine. And anyway, Wait, did you she... get her a
0: band without a watch?
1: <laughs> no, we got her a watch, but. <laughs> No, oh, okay. sorry. Yeah, we got it, but she wanted the nylon band because she thought it looked fantastic. Right. right, the kids these days, you know, it's all good. Anyway, and what we found is that it got wet, and she didn't dry it in time. I mean, it got really, really quite wet, and it was immersed, and um, she didn't understand that she needed to dry it and keep it keep it dry. And we actually found that at the point at which the buckle um, passes through the pin, um, at that point there the that the color of it changed slightly so that when you opened the band out afterwards when it wasn't in use you could see a distinct uh line where the color had run and hmm. it's a bit odd and someone said oh you should take it back for a you know for a refund that that shouldn't happen and it's like well then you read different people's opinions on the on the nylon bands and it's like well you're not supposed to immerse them you're not supposed to apparently certain certain bands have issues with that so I don't know. I, I kind of get the feeling when I, when I felt it on my wrist, I, I thought, yeah, that actually feels quite soft and quite comfortable. And I didn't expect it to be that, that comfortable, but I just, I'm not sure how it will go with, in terms of long-term durability, but mm-hmm. um, that was my daughter's experience anyway with it. So she, she stopped wearing it to be honest. And she's gone back to the, uh, to the rubber band with, uh, and and actually speaking of the sports band, I just want to talk a little bit more about that. But one of the things that I found annoying about it was the the getting used to that clasp mechanism, you know, like
0: yeah, that that drove me nuts the first couple of days. I eventually like once you figure it out, I I was able to do it with one hand uh, eventually. But yep. it's it is so tricky because it. And actually, one thing I like about the Apple Sport Band is that the excess I forget what term there's the watch world has a term for like the excess part of the strap after it passes through the buckle i forget what that term is right now but yep. basically yeah, the excess strap length in most in most bands sticks out on the outside and yes. so you can snag it on things yeah and, and or it can it can become undone from the keeper which is the, the little loop of material that holds the, the excess down that's mm-hmm. called a keeper yep. and uh, so it can it can become undone from the keeper and then you can have this flappy band that could even fall off if it gets too bad um, and that's very annoying on most other kinds of bands. On the Apple Sport Band, the excess strap is tucked on the inside, and so it doesn't snag on anything. And and that that is really very nice about it. And that's one thing I, that I wish. I don't really know how leather bands would do that necessarily, because like it requires that big like reinforced hole on the strap for them to pass back through again. But yeah. However, they would do it. I would like to see that attempted by somebody because it is really nice not to not have that strap the excess uh to catch on things and become undone
1: yeah absolutely no i totally agree with that and the the thing is that that is a really great especially because it's intended for exercising which is when you're very likely to actually snag it on things and and that's perfect uh the thing that i just the the downside of that is because when you slide it underneath if you're if you're doing it up so it's a nice tight fit because i like to wear my watch relatively tight on my wrist i don't like it sort of flopping around Mm -hmm. or anything um that'll often take out arm hairs on the way through but Usually, once it's on, you're good. Um, but the thing that I found about mine is that I've got the black sport band, and I don't know if it's a problem specific to the black sport band. But uh, I did a, a bit of an anonymous, well, not anonymous, <laughs> a random survey, I should say, uh, on Twitter um, a few months ago, and people, different people that had the sport band, I just looking at photos of theirs, and there's definite wear and some small cracking and uh, erosion where that uh, where that pin goes through the hole and i think it's a sort of thing with enough connect and disconnect cycles going through that eventually you know that's going to crack and wear and i reckon maybe 2 or 3 years of heavy use every day and i think these sport bands are probably going to need to be replaced i think because of it's just the material's not i don't know did you yeah that makes sense yeah did you see any uh, any wearing out on yours at all or or um
0: see i'm looking at it now you can definitely tell which hole I use. Like, there's like yeah. a, some, there's like some marks around it. Yeah. But I, I don't. I, I didn't use the sport band very much. I, okay. I, I used it for a brief period, but the, I ultimately found that the the space black link bracelet was my preferred band most of the time. Okay. Um. But uh, the sport band is it really. I mean, the sport band is is very very good. Yeah, it for, is for, for a lot of cases. But I think you're right. You know, I think I think you kind of have to be okay with the fact that you're probably going to be replacing it maybe once every year or two. Yeah. Um, And this and I think this is why, too, like, you know, we we didn't really know last year when the the watch first came out. We didn't really know, like, well, what happens when there is a watch, too? And what if we don't want to buy a new band? Can you just buy like a watch with no band? And the answer is no. Every watch that you buy from Apple comes with a band, whether you want one or not. Uh, And so I think maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. It's like kind of forces you to upgrade to to, replace your band whenever you replace your watch. Yeah. Um, that's and and the, and the good thing is the old band still works. So like if you have a really nice band like a bracelet, uh, you can still you know then you can just buy like the cheapest watch with the sport band, and then put the sport band in a drawer, and you can still use your bracelet. But it's at least forcing you to consider replacing the band every every time you get a new watch, yeah. which which is probably gonna with the with the Apple Watch, it's probably gonna be every few years.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I I, I found the other thing that I like about this particular about the that band is that. And I've got to talk about. Um, I know that this doesn't apply to mechanical watches, but when you're, I'm using the the hapt, the taptic feedback, uh, one of the things that drives me mad is a loose band that has a rattle. Because I like, <laughs> yes, I it just it's. I have this thing where I've turned off all the audio, so I have no audible, um, no sound on my my iPhone. Uh, it's a silent ringtone. The vibration is all turned off, and the watch is in silent mode the only thing I get are taptic notifications so they will tap, tap on the back of my wrist. And it's brilliant because you're sitting in the middle of an office and everyone else's phone is making whatever noise and you you don't have that, I don't have that feeling anymore where it's like, oh, is that my phone going off? Because you know, if it's going to go off, you're going to get a tap on your wrist. Except of course, if you put a loose band on there, like a link bracelet, that's not quite tight. And then when it taps, you get this sort of a... audible kind of a (laughs) oh it's just a really unpleasant sound it's not quite fingernails on a chalkboard kind of thing but it's it's oh just no not good
0: yeah and this is one this is one thing that like i think i think if you're going to wear an apple watch i think you almost have to wear it pretty snug like i i you know other watches it's more of a choice of how loosely you want to wear it the apple watch really does best when it's snug because if it's if it's loose not only do you have the taptic being you know less you know you, you might be you might be more likely to miss it and it might sound buzzy but also the sensor on the bottom that detects whether the watch is on you or not might occasionally think it's not on you anymore and then your watch is locked and deactivated until you type in your passcode or whatever yeah. and that's that's no good either no. so really the apple watch I, I think is made to be worn you know snugly not not like you know cutting off circulation but no. not not able to move around very much
1: yeah if your hand turns purple you've gone too far that's yes yeah. exactly yes. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. And for that
0: purpose, and that, I think that's one of the reasons why the sport band is so good in, in practice because because it you know because it has that high friction from the rubber, uh, it it tends to keep it in place more easily.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. So uh, the, the 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 best part of it is that the best all round band is the is not only that it's the cheapest. One, well, not put it this way, it's one of the most affordable, and it comes with the entry level watches, which is great. So yeah, Apple definitely um, kicked a goal there. So I guess um, a little bit about the Milanese loop, just briefly, now we talked about it a little bit. There's some other things about it. Um, I love the fact that it can be infinitely adjusted, but then I found that when I was wearing it through the day, I kept adjusting it even when I didn't have to. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: one of the reasons why why it didn't work out for me because I would fiddle with it too much and it would kind of bother me. Like what I like to do, if possible, is to figure out what setting is like right for me and then just leave it there, and then be able to put it on reliably every day and have it feel exactly the same. Yeah. And in practice, there's there's a few problems with this, you know, chiefly of which is that people change sizes throughout the year and day. Uh, but <laughs> but besides that issue, uh, I I really do like the idea of of being able to like find my ideal size and just leave it there. Uh, yeah. And the Milanese Milanese and, and leather loop, of course, don't really allow you to do that. And that's honestly, it's kind of a feature, not a bug, but. Uh, if you're the kind of person to fiddle with it, like, like we are, then it could, it could become, uh, actually less good for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it, I found it was becoming one of those, um, uh, not a nervous habit, but you know, it's like, it was just a subconscious thing and you'd like look an down your yeah, and eye yeah, exactly. And you're just playing with the, the, the strap because you can, and you look down at your wrist and you realize that you, you might look a little bit funny because other people are now staring at you and you're like, Oh, Sorry. I'll just fold my <laughs> arms now, and pretend I wasn't doing anything. But um, anyway, the the other thing about the Milanese loop that I found frustrating was that the magnet on it—I mean, whilst it is very good, it it uh, it tends to slip a little bit. And yeah, yeah. So if, if you're running or jogging, or even if you're doing like I found, I was just you know hammering something in with a nail, and it's like the impact is the the impact kind of motions are the worst, and it would just slip and slip, and you'd go down. You'd have a look at your wrist, and it's sort of like flopping around. So it really is no good at all um, for exercise. Yes, it's waterproof, but it's just, it just came loose too easily. Um, It doesn't rattle when the haptic goes, the haptic goes off, which is great. Um, But the thing that I did find is that the woven steel threads where it folds back on itself after you adjust it, they don't always settle into their own, like the grooves of the other piece. So, Mm you'll like twist your wrist a few times and it's kind of like it moves around and then as it settles into those grooves, it actually feels like a false tap. And every time you adjust it, it goes and does the same thing, or at least that's what I've experienced. And I actually was getting phantom taps for a few weeks until I figured out what was going on. And I thought, oh, I'm getting phantom taps. Am I going mad? It's quite possible, but no. So anyway... Not, not, not too bad though, but you know what? You said something else I just wanted, to, I think it's definitely worth mentioning is how the size of our wrist changes and it's not, it's not always the same diameter because I mean, beyond the obvious thing, like people lose weight, people put on weight, maybe they go to the gym a lot, although I'm not really sure how many muscles there really are in that part of the wrist that bulk up, I'd probably not that many, it's not like it's part of the bicep or anything, but anyway, things like, um, you know, like uh, salts, um, like fluid retention, um, you know, if you're out exercising or whatever else and it's, or it's really hot or there's high humidity and all of that affects um, the diameter of your wrist, which is really annoying because it's never the same size. So it's one of those things that I found that there's, I found that leather bands seem to take it better because the rubber bands don't really change their size much The steel bands obviously don't either, like a steel link braces is whatever size you set it beyond the micro adjustments. You set it in the morning, no one's going to take an adjustment tool with them to work. So, yeah. So it's like, how do you, and the Apple watch band, you can't even do that micro adjustment anyway. So, I mean, I I sort of was trying to get my head around the why that that is, but leather just seems to, I don't know, have a little bit more give in it or a little bit more flexibility to it so that I don't notice the difference anywhere near as much. Either if it's a little bit too tight and it's sort of like cutting into my skin just a little bit, I don't seem to notice it so much on the leather if it was as tight and it was a metal band. Do do you know what I mean? Oh, no,
0: I I feel the same way. I mean, this is why I almost universally prefer leather bands. Uh even, even if i'm going to be like you know sweating in them and then, then i I'll have to replace them after a year or two like i would rather just do that because they're just so comfortable they're so good in every other way uh, that i'll just i'll take that risk
1: yeah and i I pretty much reached that same conclusion is that i i I prefer the 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 feel of the leather and the fact that 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 little bit of stretch and give in the leather um makes it more comfortable all day around which is far which is far better and 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 the thing about the um uh the well i guess my where i'm going to with the with this is my my favorite band at this point um having said all of this is has ended up being the modern the modern buckle and i know it's everything we said about it before but the truth is that it it it's a nice leather and it's it just it it has a much nicer feel to it it's more comfortable and the the clasp once you get used to the clasp it's cuz it's it's got magnets in it and it's the oh it's great yeah. But once you get used to that, it actually is really, really quite nice. It doesn't rattle or vibrate when you get a tap uh, on, on your wrist, which is great. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't slip when you're exercising if you are exercising with it. And I think it looks really nice and dressy, you know, so it, it's, it's good for a, a dressy occasion. So um, the only concern I have about it, the longevity is, is the weather the leather joints to the lugs and I know that I've read some people have this thing. It's like if it's leather, it needs to be stitched, and there's no stitching on it. So I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. Because uh, I was some people saying, "Oh, yeah." I was looking. I was looking at a few forums about um, people's different opinions about the about this thing, and they said, "Oh, it's oh, a yeah. it's a leather watch, but there's no stitching on it. You can't have a leather band uh, without without stitching." And I thought to myself, I looked back at all of my other. Um, non-Apple watch bands that are leather and they were, all, they were right they all had stitching I don't think that's I a mean, big so,
0: I mean no it's generally speaking stitching on a leather band I mean some of it is functional like usually like around the ends where it has to like kind of loop back on itself or form a little hole for the for the bar to go through but most stitching on leather bands is just purely aesthetic uh, yeah. there, there's no there's no function that most of it is serving um, so that's yeah I think I think your friends are wrong <laughs> no, they're not <laughs> my should... friends it's a well, forum yeah, I, th- I think your your forum people are wrong. <laughs> yes, and you could yeah you could wear this everywhere. And one thing I mean I love how soft this leather is on the on the modern buckle. It's it's like the 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 leather on the classic buckle is really nice as well, but the modern buckle is even softer and even even more comfortable. That's why it's like I I just I wish that they made it in a size that fit me because they, they it just it just barely doesn't.
1: Well, if yeah, see if you don't mind buying a knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, sorry, third party.
0: Um, yeah, and this I'm actually curious. like Apple has the uh, like they, they did a few months after the watch launched, they did uh, announce that they were going to license the lugs for then have an official you know MFI kind of program for officially licensed watch bands uh, from third parties. Have you ever seen a single one? Because no. they're, like all the ones, you can buy tons of third-party Apple Watch compatible bands on Amazon and stuff for almost no money. Like they're they're an incredible value. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty sure none of them are actually certified or using Apple's official lugs. I think no. they're just using like you know you know replicated knockoff lugs. Yeah,
1: and and I haven't seen any either. So I'm not sure. It's, maybe it's like how FaceTime was going to be open source or something.
0: Yeah, or maybe it's just that like if if you're buying a third party apple watch uh band do you you know if if one's 10 bucks and is not certified and the certified one is 50 bucks like is that are are is anybody going to buy the 50 dollar one you know I feel like I feel like if you're going to buy th- a third party band at all you probably don't care really about whether it's certified or not as long as it works and if yeah. you want something that's like official you're probably going to buy a band from apple
1: yeah exactly and this is the where i where i got to with all of this is that um i was going to try uh the because i've got a 42 millimeter uh um, sports apple watch silver one and uh i i had a look around i'm like i really want to try the modern buckle but i've got the my watch doesn't fit it doesn't fit the the official one doesn't so how do i do it uh, without like taking it back or <laughs> selling it and going down to a 38 millimeter which i didn't want to do because i figured the 42 is small enough as it is to then to go smaller and so I found this one on uh, AliExpress and it was like twenty-five bucks Australian. Nice and not 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 too expensive. But um the 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 quality of it isn't too bad, really. And it feels just like the one in the Apple store. I have no idea oh, if that's it's gonna be interesting. To... I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't idea realize
0: if... anybody was making third party modern buckles. Now now I'm interested. <laughs>
1: I'll send you a link. I'll put in the link in the oh, yeah. show notes. Here's, here's
0: one on Amazon for twenty six dollars that has every combination of sizing they even have there's some with black uh, metal on them yeah like if you have the black watch there's some that, that will match that yep. that's pretty great
1: <laughs> yeah i know and i tell you unless i guess if you look really really closely the one thing that i can tell that is different um, because i played with them a lot in the in the store is that the th- the the knockoff bands the third party ones tend to be a little bit wobbly in in the connection up to the uh, into the actual body of the watch. But apart from that, I can't really fault it. It's it's it seems to work fine. I mean, this is... Well, how many weeks is this now? Four or five weeks I've been wearing it. And it's, it's fine. It does the job and it's really comfortable. And that's my new favorite. So, I don't know. Um, in any case... I, I just hope that Apple sort of like realizes that, that that's actually quite a nice band and they should make it in the 42 millimeter and a few different colors wouldn't be a bad idea. And who knows, maybe they're just hold, they're holding back on this marker. They're going to do it next year or something and that'll be the upsell.
0: Yeah, so we'll right. see. Man, this does look just like it. It <laughs> I'm does. At this one. <laughs> it could, like if I bought this from Apple, I would pay more than what this third party one costs in sales tax. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> terrible. But, you
1: know, <laughs> I don't know. Do they come from the same place? And this is the other thing I just don't understand. But anyway,
0: oh, I mean, probably not. But does it matter? No. I mean, like the the reality the the, the reality is like, and I I too, I mean, I'm also a huge fan of having lots of different bands and swapping them out and everything. Um, which is why we're doing this episode together. But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the reality is like, like we 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 have a couple of a couple of bands from Amazon that are just like you know cheapo third party ones. Like one of my favorite bands is this NATO style strap that I got for for uh, my, uh for a Damasco watch. Mm-hmm. Uh that the strap was I think $12. <laughs> and it is one of my nicest and most and most favorite <laughs> watch straps. Yeah. It just came yeah. from some like no name thing on Amazon and it's totally fine. Yeah.
1: Well, and you can get some uh, the lugs like what I did a while ago. The very first non non genuine band that I got for my Apple Watch was actually one that I sort of put together myself. And I thought, oh, this will this will work fine. <laughs> anyway, so mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you already know where this is going. So I got yeah. these these adapters from. Um, they're called click click adapters. I mean, there's a ho- stack of different ones out there but anyway so i waited forever and these these.
0: are the ones that that basically allow you to, to have a regular standard spring bar with the apple watch lug right
1: yes that's correct exactly yes those and these particular ones uh i had to get my own spring bars for them of course and i decided i'd get the aluminium one so it would match the color of the body of the watch and of course it's a slightly different finish and it doesn't quite match and it's like in the end from a distance no one notices or cares anyway so never mind um Anyway, but I found an a, a aluminum or aluminum, if you prefer, uh, aluminum link bracelet uh, from a company called Morolato. And I'd never heard of this company before, Italian company, strangely. And the whole part of the band is, it's all made out of aluminum, which is very unusual, but the, the, the deployant clasp was made out of stainless steel. But apart from that, it's incredibly light. It's actually lighter than the uh the rubber band is so Hmm. i thought oh this would be great you know be super lightweight and it'll be the lightest possible you know apple watch you could possibly get except of course if it was 38 millimeters which it wasn't and you know what i found when i wore it it's like you know what it actually doesn't matter how heavy it is
0: (laughs) that's actually true yeah i mean like i've i've found like with wearing watches and bands of different weights um, you notice the weight for about the first thirty seconds, and then it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, and like, and I have watches that vary very much in weight, <laughs> and and uh, like I'm wearing my lightest one right now. Uh, it's the, the my Nomos Minimatic. It's wonderful. Uh, it weighs just about nothing and then I, I i mentioned before i also have a damasco and damasco is made from special um a special steel alloy that is much much harder and it's also much heavier it's probably about as heavy as gold it's very very heavy very dense uh and uh and that like i can alternate between those on different days and it's totally fine you just you stop noticing after a second
1: wow i mean as so, so long as it's not made out of depleted uranium or something crazy that's like <laughs> it's super not that bad That's not that heavy Good. <laughs> But um, yeah, because I was I was I was genuinely shocked. I honestly thought that having a really really heavy watch was going to be like a really really light watch versus a really really heavy watch was going to make a big difference, and I'd notice it. And you're right, thirty seconds after you put it on, you don't even know, you don't even realize that it's there. So I was uh, yeah. So that band um, had the the taptic uh, rattle, and so after about a week of wearing it, my my meticulously selected and assembled band stayed in the drawer and it only only came out now so that I could look at it while I was talking about it (laughs) with you and it's going to go back in the drawer again when I'm done so much for that experiment (laughs) but anyway so yeah I'm not sure um I have too much else I, I I just wanted to cover but um I guess to just to sort of like wrap it up I guess if if I were to give suggestions to um to to people or or just actually you know what on the milanese loop i really would like it if they used either a stronger magnet maybe or maybe like a second magnet um just slightly set back from the first like with a flexible bit between it to make sure that it held on a bit more firmly or or maybe um maybe if they used a um, a different magnet like a stronger rare earth magnet or a denser metal that's got higher permeability or something you wouldn't want to make the, the milanese loop any thicker but just so it would hold on more securely, and it wouldn't need to be readjusted, it wouldn't slip as much. But beyond mm-hmm. that, I just think the Milanese loop is—it's uh, great for all weather usage. But I just can't go past um, the comfort that you get out of um, the leather, the leather band, and the modern buckle. I think looks great, and yeah, it's great to put it on. So that's that—that's my favorite. And um, yes, anyway.
0: In conclusion, get leather. Yeah, that's it. That's it,
1: and. It, and it's okay if it, it, it if you need to replace it after a, a few a little while, especially if
0: it only costs twenty five bucks from Amazon. Exactly. Yeah, it says get leather <laughs> and don't spend too much on it because it is temporary. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's a consumable item. All right. Cool.
1: Well, um, is there anything else about bands you think we should uh, we should mention, or have we have we exhausted this one? Do you think?
0: <laughs> Who's going to listen to us talk about watch bands for an hour? <laughs>
1: I don't know.
0: Let's, we'll find out. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. I'll let you know. Oh, If you made it this far, thank you. Yeah, We're, thanks for sticking I am with surprised. us. I'm surprised. Thanks for sticking <laughs> with
1: us. Oh, dear. Well, if you do want to talk more about this, because we haven't talked about it enough, if you want to talk more about this, you can. Um, you can reach me on Twitter <laughs> at John Chidgy, or you can follow at Pragmatic Show, uh, specifically to see show announcements and other related stuff. Uh, Pragmatic is part of the engineered network. It also has an account at engineered underscore net, and that has announcements about the network and all the shows. And you can check that out at engineered.network. People are also loving causality and analytical. They're both solo podcasts that I do um, and look at different things like cause and effect uh, and other major events in history. So if you're a fan of this show, you might like those as well. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with Marco, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Uh, Twitter's good at Marco Arment and, uh, My website, Marco.org, is hardly ever updated anymore, but it points to other things, so there you go.
1: Fantastic. Cool. Uh, And if you're enjoying uh, Pragmatic and you want to support the show, you can, uh, like one of our backers, uh, Chris Stone, he and many others are patrons of the show via Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash Chichi. That's all one word. And if you'd like to contribute something, anything at all, it's all very much appreciated. So a special thank you to our patrons. big thank you to everyone for listening this far. (laughs) And as always, uh, thank you, Marco. Thanks a lot. Going to be very curious to see what people think. I mean, what what is the Venn diagram of people that are tech geeks that like listening to tech explanations about stuff, I guess. I don't know. Fans of pragmatic liking watch bands. But then I guess I thought the same thing about coffee. But I mean, everyone wears watches. Lots of people drink coffee. I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Somebody will listen. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I don't I... know how many somebodies there will be, but <laughs> somebody will want this. <laughs> yeah. It's all good.